Hey there, Walt here from Walt in PA, and uh, today's video is a little bit different than the usual video for me in that this is going to be kind of a shotgun blast of, of topics, if you will. So uh, I was planning on going for a ride today. I actually did get out and went for a ride. I even recorded a video that I planned on doing. Um, unfortunately, just recording the video, I just wasn't feeling it, and I wound up scrapping it uh, long before I even got finished. So. I thought that this video could serve as a recap for that ride, in a sense, and touch on a few other things that uh, I wanted to talk about, but I didn't really feel like it made a whole video about these topics all by themselves. So, uh, first topic in this shotgun blast of stuff is uh, analysis paralysis. I don't know about you, but I find that it is agonizing anymore to decide on where I want to go on my motorcycle. So last year, all I really cared about was putting miles on the bike. I wanted to get out, I wanted to ride, I wanted to do the thing. And I, I feel like I was pretty successful at that. I wound up putting, I don't know, maybe close to 4,000 miles on, the, on my bike last year. And I, I felt like I was really, I felt good with, with the accomplishment that I had made. You know, I had set out to put miles on the bike and I felt like I did a great job doing that. You know, it made me feel like I was getting my money's worth out of the bike, if that kind of makes sense. Unfortunately, last year I happened, I mean, the, the trend seemed to be ride the crap out of all of the local roads. And that's the trajectory of every single ride <laughs> last year was just get out on the bike. It doesn't matter where I go, just get out and ride. And I must have hit the same roads over and over and over and over again. And while it was still very enjoyable, I came into this, this riding season in 2022 wanting to get on the bike with more of a purpose. I wanted to see more places. I wanted to create more memories. I didn't want to ride just for the sake of riding. I wanted to get out and experience local historical areas. I wanted to get out and check out new local businesses. I wanted to get out and see the sites. So I've been running through this little mental checklist anytime I go out for a ride anymore. And it's like, what am I going to see? What does this ride accomplish? I'm going to go out anyway, but I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of running through the gambit of checklist items in my mind. And I, it never fails. I always get to the part where... I ask myself, where am I going to go? What am I going to see? And I just draw a blank. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to see. I end up pulling out my phone. I go through lists. I have like a hundred plus things I want to see and do this year. And, you know, I'm just scrolling and scrolling. Like I'm, I'm struggling to find that one thing to do. And today was no different. I actually had to force myself to stop thinking about it, get on the bike, start going in a given direction, and then I said, you know what, I'll figure it out on the way. And that's pretty much what I did. I hopped on the bike, I started heading east towards Philadelphia, and uh, I thought, you know what, it would be cool, stop in at Top Shelf Cigars. It's a cigar shop that's in the little village of Skip Pack. It's been there for a long time. I mean, like, I don't know the early days of the business, but I know that I've been stopping in there for over a decade and it's been owned by the same person. His name's Jim. He's a really nice guy. He's got a great selection and he's got this little store in the village of Skip Pack. Now, if you're not familiar with Skip Pack, it is, it's like a quintessential little town that gets 
tons and tons of foot traffic. They've got lots of these little shops, you know, little food food shops. They've got little antique shops. They've got like, I we I think I went past a place that sold like kitchenware, you know, like these lots of small little mom and pop shops line the streets in this little village. And it's become a pretty popular place in the area. It's a little highbrow to, to a degree, but it's a really cool little place. And Top Shelf Cigars is kind of nestled in amongst the shops there. And I thought, you know, it's been years since I've been down to see Jim's shop. Uh, I wanna do that. So I, I ran down, I stopped in. I didn't have a lot of time. Um, so I was only there for a couple of minutes. I picked up some cigars and then I, I got out of there. Uh, what I picked up were the Top Shelf Signature Select, which is Jim's house blend. And when I started going there, he had, he must have had, you know what? When I started going there, I think he had three different blends. Um, he had a green label, which was made by Don Pepin Garcia before he blew up and became a household name in the cigar industry. And before my father's cigars became like this massive thing, um, Don Pepin Garcia used to make small house blends for a lot of different places, and Top Shelf Cigars was one of them. And I, I thought it was a fantastic cigar. I love the Corona size. And uh, eventually things fell apart with Don Pepin Garcia. He got really big and basically just gave the axe to all the little guys. And guys like uh, Jim down at Top Shelf kind of took that... Uh, as a bit of a slight and I would have too, you know, if the guy like came in to my shop from nothing, you know, like just trying to get his business rolling. And, uh, you know, we worked together for a number of years and all of a sudden, you know, like he's too busy, too big for me. I would, I, I would feel a bit insulted by that too, but uh, neither here nor there. Um, the, the green label eventually went away. There was a black label, which I thought was really good. It was probably my favorite of the bunch. There was a red label, which was good, and there was a blue label that it was good, but it, it wasn't my favorite. The, my black, the, the black was my favorite, probably followed by the red, then the blue. Um, all three of those, I believe, were made by Tropical Tobacco, and there's another name for that factory, and I don't remember off the top of my head uh, what it is. And then at one point in time, you also had a white label, was, which was made by... Uh, Abe Flores from PDR, which is uh, Pinar del Rio Cigars in the Dominican. Um, and these days, I think the vast majority of them have gone away, and the only one that's left is the blue label. Now, the, this blue label is different from the original blue label in that uh, Consuelo Gomez makes this from Amos... Amos... Uh, shit, what is it? I forget the name of her brand, almost something. And um, yeah, she's got a, she's local in the sense too that I believe she got her start in a Cigar Cigars, which is a, a local, I don't wanna call it a franchise, it's more of a chain, um, which has grown exponentially since when they started. They've gotten like way more stores than they used to have. Um, she used to, I believe she started out rolling cigars for them in their humidor and eventually branched out and did her own thing. And um, she's got a shop out in Bethlehem where she she sells cigars like a general cigar, like a regular cigar store. And she also rolls her own and sells her own product on the premises. And I've never been there, but I hear that it is a fantastic little store. So um, it's definitely a place that I want to get out and visit. So uh, that was pretty much the entire 
discussion on the bike today, like that that story in a nutshell. Um, but you know, I'm just I'm riding around, I'm trying to tell it, and I just wasn't feeling it, so I scrapped it. So, topic number one, we're done. <laughs> Let's move on to topic number two. So, um, when I came home from that ride, I noticed a box on my front porch, right here, and immediately I knew what it was and I got super excited because I've been waiting for this for a little while but before I unveil what it is I'll give you a hint um, if you know that logo uh, you've probably got a pretty good idea what this is um, but so let's start wow just kind of glancing up at the timer on this video this uh, this thing is probably gonna get long so bear with me here <clears throat> so um, as you know, last year in October, I put a deposit down on this bike. Actually, it wasn't this bike. It was a 2021 MT-09 SP. And I had made plans to trade in my 2018 Honda CB650F. After five months of delays, that initial order that I placed was changed over to a 2022 MT-09. I had waited a grand total of about five months by the time I put the deposit down on the bike and when I actually took ownership of the bike. And during that process, while I was waiting on this bike to come in, I was presented with a potential problem, right? So if, you're, if you've been around with Walt NPA for any length of time, you're probably familiar with my logo. It's a circle, it's got a bike in the middle, it says Walt NPA under it. Well, what you may not have noticed was that the bike in that logo is a Honda CB650F. Uh, when I had that logo designed, I literally told the guy, like, this is what I ride, I, this is the bike that I want in the picture, model the image after the actual bike. And then when I do my end screen, you know, I worked in photos and that anima animated logo, you know, it's all of the CB650F. So, of course, when... I got the MT-09, now I'm thinking, what do I do? do? Do I keep the same logo? Do I keep the do I keep the CB650F in there? Hope no one notices. Do I just call it kind of a generic thing and run with it? Because if I change it and I update it to the MT-09, now, let's say two years from now, something comes out that I, I really want and I wind up trading this in or something happens to it and I can't replace it. Um, now I'm stuck with a logo that is specific to the bike. So am I going to continually update the logo year after year after year or, you know, bike after bike after bike? Or do I want something that is a little more broad, less motorcycle specific, something that I can use uh, long term regardless of the direction the channel goes? So uh, I, I more or less polled the guys in Discord and I said, hey, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking about updating the logo because new bike. And at this point in time, they knew long before the general public because they're in my Discord that uh, this new bike was coming. And I pretty much laid out the issue with them. Like, do I want, what should I do in this position? And the consensus was that I should revamp the logo in a way that would make it less specific and more long-term so that it wasn't modeled specifically after the MT-09. But uh, the consensus was that we should probably shift away from 
the CB650F since I don't own it anymore, unless I wanted it to be kind of an homage to the bike that got me back into motorcycles. Um, so I jumped on Fiverr and I got in touch with the same guy that did my original logo and I spelled out basically what I was looking for. Um, I had some sample logos that I had seen in his catalog, um, some stuff that he had done for other people, and basically I went through it and I said, look, I really like this logo, this logo, and this logo. I want you to model my logo, my new one, after these, taking these elements, and this over here, and this over here, and I want to change the color scheme to to kind of blue, to like blue and black, to, to kind of be along the lines of the new bike, and I've never really been a fan of red anyway. My mic just happened to be red, so that's why my logo became red. So I wanted to to get into a color scheme that I was into. And I basically, I sent him a picture of this bike and I said, look, the objective here is to have a, have a generalized motorcycle on the logo. So I didn't want him to like hear that and think, all right, well, I'll just grab a Harley Davidson and slap that on the, slap that on the logo. It needed to be kind of a naked bike since that's my thing is what I've ridden. So I sent them this, I sent them a picture of this bike and I said, look, I want you to use this as the inspiration for the bike and the logo, but I don't want you to get specific. I, I don't want you to have the, to include the gold forks. I don't want you to include the blue accents on the wheels. Like the color scheme on the tank can be different. Like all of that is, it's fine. I want this to be a little more generic. But you know, naked bike is what I want. This is the kind of the the seedling that's going to create the the logo, the the design for the logo. So um, I guess after a week, he got back to me with three design concepts, and I hated all three of them. Uh, it's not no fault of his own. Basically, that what I gave him in my in my head, it it made a lot of sense. But when I saw it come to life, I didn't like it. It look it. It was painful. It looked like a poorly, re poorly represented uh, image of that bike. Um, it was like someone tried to redraw it, except for they didn't know what they were doing and they picked the wrong colors and they changed the wrong things. It just looked, it, it was kind of painful to, to look at um, the motorcycle rendition of, of that bike in a more generic form. And there were some other issues I didn't like. Um, so basically we, we wound up going back and forth a lot. And at one point I just came right out and I said, look, I'm just not happy with any of these concepts. It's not your fault. I think I handcuffed you with the, the design ideas that I had. And I, I don't think I'm giving you enough creative freedom to make this thing work. It just, I don't like it. It just, it feels lifeless. I, I just, I'm not happy with it. And so, so let's let's scrap the three design ideas. Let's not do any further revisions because the, the package that I purchased had unlimited revisions. I said let's let's kind of go down a, a different path. Let's scrap the round logo altogether. Like if you feel like something else would be better, let's go that direction. And, and you know, as, as an example, like here is. Here are some images from the Visit Pennsylvania website. You know, like the Keystone is our thing, where the Keystone state. So if you wanted to make the logo Keystone shaped, like I'm, I'm totally cool with that. If you think that a square logo would look better, like we can go down that road. Or if you think we're just utilizing the circle wrong, you know, I, I'm cool with it, but it, let's, let's kind of open, open up our options to look at a variety of things. 
So uh, that was one design idea. Basically, I wanted a covered bridge in the background of the image. It just didn't look good. Um, it, because I wanted a three-quarter view of the bike with the bridge in the background, and I, I thought it would just be kind of cool, but it just wasn't quite working. So what we wound up doing was we took the keystone shape, we made the logo keystone, and then instead of having a bridge in the background, we put the inside of the bridge in the keystone because I thought that would be a cool idea. So I sent them some pictures of some covered bridges that I had of the inside of the covered bridge. And then, you know, we put the three-quarter view of the of the 2022 MT-09 right up front. And basically, I just told them, look, I realize I told you that we I didn't want to go the specific bike route, but I'm not, I, I'm not feeling the way this is going. So what I want to do is I want to make it specific to this bike, you know, match the colors. So we have a 2022 MT-09 in front, and then we have the Walt NPA text that matches the previous logo across the bottom. And that's the new, the new logo, so to speak. Um, I, I've had it for quite a while now. I haven't really been using it. I don't want to change my channel art to utilize it. Um, just because I haven't felt like it's the right time. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of changing things. <laughs> uh, if For me, I, I get uh, really familiar with seeing branding, certain type of branding. And when people go and change their channel names or they change their channel art or they change their logo, I have a really difficult time following it. A lot of times I get into a, a repetitious cycle where I watch videos by certain creators because I it just I know what I'm looking for. I know that when I see a logo that looks this way with this sort of font with this sort of color, that it's Weston Supermoto vlog. I like I know what the guy does for his thumbnails, so I'm I know when I see something like that, it's it's probably Phil. I'm going to click on it. But if Weston Supermoto vlog suddenly decided to change the way that his thumbnails look, change his logo, when I'm looking for what I perceive as his thumbnails, and suddenly things are different. I may miss a dozen videos before I before it finally dawns on me that hey, I'm missing his videos because things changed. So I don't want to be in that position where I create I make too much of a change. So at some point we are going to transition over to the other logo. We're just not there yet. So what does that have to do with this box? Well, the box has to do with. Bear with me just a second while I wheel my way across the shed. Try to look cool while I, oh, too fast. <laughs> Try to look cool while I wheel my way across and slam into the desk, or the table. So anyway, um, I got the new logo. I actually had a set of stickers made because I thought that um, having a small batch run of these new sticker designs would be kind of cool. Um, I'm not really sure how many I'll be sending out for sticker swaps. I, I haven't done much of any sticker swaps lately. Um, I send out two, Roy's uh, Moto Ventures and uh, oh, the Die Hard, Die Hard John McLean in Scotland. Uh, I sent him some of the new stickers as well. And um, that was it. I haven't really shared those stickers with anyone else. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do with them. But I wanted to, to start utilizing it. 
And what's in the box? Okay. I'm sorry, I was hoping, I was like, I actually ordered a custom hat with the new logo. So, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but when I go, when I wear a full face helmet and I'm riding for a couple hours and we decide to stop and like eat somewhere, you know, I get off the bike, I pull my helmet off, I go walking in the place and my hair is like sticking up in every which way. Uh, so I thought it would be kind of cool to get a, to get a hat, a custom embroidered hat so that I can throw it on my head and cover up the helmet head. Um, and this is something I had planned on doing for a while now. I was actually going to use the old logo uh, quite a while back, but I, I couldn't find anyone to do custom hats at an affordable price. So I was looking at a bunch of different places online and places like Lids kept coming up where they, I don't know if they're, I remember them as being the hat shop in the mall where you could, you know, walk in, go up to the little kiosk and have them make you a custom hat. You know, you were going to pay for the hat, you were going to pay for the custom embroidery, you were going to pay for a setup fee, and when you walked out of there, you might drop 75 bucks on a custom hat. I didn't want to spend anywhere near that much money on a custom hat, and I kept seeing these setup fees and it just it, they seemed to get really expensive. So, um, I'm, I'm scrolling through different options on Google and suddenly I see the Queensboro website list a, as an option and it made me remember a story that a friend of mine was telling me he owns a, a cleaning business um, sparkling facility services they do commercial cleaning and we were talking about logoed shirts one day because I, I was I told him I'm, I'm picking up some more for my business and um, he was telling me about this company that he uses, Queensboro, and they're really affordable pricing. Now, for my company stuff, I use screen printed. A lot of his is, is embroidered, and he was telling me that Queensboro is fantastic for, for embroidered clothing. So because it came so highly recommended from him, I decided, well, let me check out uh, what, what Queensboro has to offer, and then you know I'll place an order. Uh, Queensboro, if you're not familiar with them, there's actually no invoice. This is just a shipping label. I wanted to see the, exactly how much I paid for this hat. But if you click on the About Me page or About the Company, it's, it's pretty interesting. They tell you that they will not charge you a setup fee. And in a nutshell, their objective is to introduce you to their company without spending an arm and a leg because they know that new customers only want to order one thing and they shouldn't have to pay these large setup fees. What they want to do is they want to provide you with a product that you are very happy with so that you become a return customer. So, you know, they absorb that setup fee in hopes that you're going to continue to do business with them because they produce a quality product. And so I was really happy to see that there was no setup fee involved. In fact, I don't think I paid shipping either. This hat was like 36 or $37. Uh, for custom embroidery, uh, like you can't beat that. I think that's, that's fantastic. It's way cheaper than what I was seeing from places like Lids and the other custom hat places. And it fits and it looks damn good too. <laughs> oh, so there's, uh, there's item number two. Logo's been redesigned. I'm still in the fence of when I'm going to use it. New hats are in, or new hat. I'm not selling them. I just bought one for myself. Um, what else do I want to talk about? Talked about the cigar shop visit. 
I want to talk about the bike, but I'm looking at the timer on this video and it's been super long, uh, but I think I'm going to do it anyway. So anyway, I've got a, uh, a lavalier mic, so I need to take my phone off the holder here and walk you over to the bike. So hopefully none of the audio gets all janky when I do this. All right, don't mind my, my little desk there. But this is my 2022 Yamaha MT-09. And you're probably wondering like, uh, have you done anything to the bike? Well, you may notice that the seat looks a little bit different. Uh, I went out and I ordered a comfort saddle, which has a story that I'm not happy with. And before I go putting the company on blast, before I have it resolved, we're just gonna leave it at that. There's a problem with this seat and um, story for another time. I'm in the process of getting it resolved. That's why I say story for another time. Um, did the tank grips, which I did a video on. I added a torque mount for a 360 camera down here on my frame slider. So basically I can have this thing uh, kind of sticking off to the side and it works well for me. I, I like these Torx mounts better than I like the U-bolts from Ram. So whenever I can use them, I do use them. Install the quad lock. I'm not crazy about the wiring job. I may pull that wire and run it the other way. Um, there's a bunch of stuff on this side of the, the bike under the seat that I want to that, that I was trying to avoid. That's why I came around this side, only I'm not real thrilled with the way it looks. Oh, and I put my ASV levers on. And I'm kinda sort of wishing I would've bought the shorty levers. So it, it, it really didn't make any sense for me to record a video on installing the ASV levers since I used Blockhead's video to install my ASV levers. Um, he did a great job with it and this just didn't make any sense to to do an install video on them it's there already he's it's perfect go go check out blockhead's video for installing your asv levers um as far as the levers go i'm really happy with them the fit and finish is nice i did use i i went with the less expensive levers because the only difference from what i can tell is the finish uh so if you want like solid colors black and whatnot you, I think it's there. I think they're the F3s. They they come in solid colors, but if you want like the the gold plated, not gold plated, but the, the gold color lever arm uh, with different color configurations for the dial, you need to buy the more expensive um, lever. That I don't remember what the, the the item number is, but I wound up using the the less expensive stuff because I just wanted straight black with um, gold. Gold, yeah, gold accents on the on the dial, so I, I didn't really need. I, I didn't feel compelled to spend the extra money on the, on the extra colors because I wanted black. Um, I wound up going with full size levers because I was afraid that the shorties would would be too tight. Um, probably not the the phrasing I'm looking for, but because the lever is shorter, they require more force to operate them when they're shorter. So I was thinking the, you know, the, the brake lever on this is kind of stiff to begin with. I really don't want to make it, I don't want to compound that with a shorter lever. So I went with uh, the OEM length levers. And in retrospect, I kind of wish I would have gotten the shorty levers. Um, 
just I, I think I would have liked them liked them better. Um, but you know, hindsight and all that. You know, really, I think that about covers everything that I wanted to talk about in this uh, shotgun blast style video of a little bit of everything. The video time on this is insane when it's all said and done and edited. Hopefully it's a reasonable length. Otherwise, you're going to be sitting here for like a full length podcast of sorts while I ramble on about this, that and the other thing. It's also like 100 plus degrees in this shed. I'm still on the fence about getting electric out here. Actually, I shouldn't say I'm on the fence about it. I am going to run electric out here. I want to get some lights in here so that I can be out here in the evening. I want to get some fans in here to try to cool it off. Um, but the quotes that I got for electric were pretty, pretty steep. Uh, one guy wanted, was like really close to $5,000 to run electric out here. There was another guy that gave me a quote, which was much more reasonable. It was like 2,400 to run electric out here. The bulk of the cost is in the is in the ditch witch rental, and that's the holdup right now. Um, the, I was going to go with the last guy, but when I asked him a question about a permit, it gave me a non-answer, and that uh, <laughs> like I was looking for some advice on whether or not I needed to to obtain a permit or not, and um, totally avoided the question. So that kind of stalled it, and now that it's been a little bit of time, and I've got over a hundred feet of ditch that I have to dig. Uh, I think what I may wind up doing is just order, just renting the the ditch witch and doing it myself, and then having someone come in and and run the line and put a small sub panel out here. Um, <clears throat> because if the bulk of the cost is in the ditch witch rental and the labor to run it, I can chop out a lot of that just by doing it myself. And I can leave the hole exposed this way; they can see that the hole, that the trench is deep enough, and they're not getting themselves into something odd by hooking up two ends that. Uh, may not be code in the middle. Um, and I think that's going to do it. Anyway, as I said, this video is a bit different from the norm. Um, I, I do want to do more of these, this style video where I'm just kind of sitting out in the shed or the garage, so to speak, and uh, talking to you about random stuff that I can't turn into a video. And uh, this was kind of fun. So hopefully you enjoyed it. And if you did, do me a favor and hit that thumbs up button. It uh, lets me know that I'm on the right track and I'm producing content that you enjoy. Anyway, that's going to do it. Thanks for watching. As always, ride safe, and I will catch you in the next one. Wow, I was talking a lot. So it's all dry. <clears throat> Fortunately, you can't smell what's going on in here. It's so hot and I'm feeling so sweaty like I can I can smell the funk rolling off me. It's uh wow. And I was out riding earlier, so I was like bundled up in leather and yeah, it wasn't good. <clears throat> you know what? If you stuck around this long, you are something special. And I'm gonna show you something special. Excuse me. So, as I said, if you've stuck around this long, you deserve a little extra something special. So, um, I told you the whole story about this, this new logo. And I, I have poker chips made up of the old logo, and I'm not ready to order new poker chips yet because I still have like half a box of the old ones. But 
uh, Sticker Mule, who I use for all of my stickers, was running a sale on pins. Now, I'm not going to mail people pins, but I ordered them anyway because, you know, you know, I gotta gotta order stuff. So anyway, I ordered these and I thought, you know what would be really cool is I'll keep a couple of these in my backpack and every time I go out and I ride with someone new, I'll give them a little Walton PA pin and be a little cool little keepsake. So uh, on Wednesday night, we uh, we did a an evening ride, so to speak, out in Bucks County with uh, Pat, Untamed Ride, Untamed Ride's wife, Pat's son, and Oldsman, all from Discord. Uh, we decided to uh, to go ride up through Bucks County. It was originally supposed to be a ride between Pat and Oldsman, and a bunch of us kind of wedged our way in, invited ourselves. <clears throat> but it was a lot of fun, and I brought some pins along, and I gave away the first five pins that Wednesday evening. So if you're ever in the area, we ever hook up, we decide to, to go for a ride together, let me know that you want a pin. And Kate, just in case I forget to give you one, because I'm going to have some on me. And I think it'd just be kind of a cool little keepsake to have, you know, well, NP, NPA pins to share with people that I ride with. Because after all, one of my goals this year, in addition to riding with a purpose, was to get out and, and meet some other riders. And I thought this would be a cool little way of creating memories, you know, have a little little tchotchke to go along with the, the ride. So, thanks for watching, ride safe, and I'll catch you in the next one.